0: Hello, my name is Hindel Grossman. I'm a divorce attorney in Newton, Massachusetts, and welcome to Inside Divorce, a podcast series published on the 15th of each month. Each guest is an expert in the field of divorce and has fascinating information to share. I hope you'll listen. Hello and welcome to Inside Divorce. My name is Hindel Grossman. I'm a divorce attorney in Massachusetts in the Boston area. And today I'm speaking with Leanne Kensler, who's a psychologist in Australia, and we're going to be talking about breakups. So hello, Leanne, how are you today?
1: I'm great, Hindel. How are you doing?
0: I'm well, thanks. I was fascinated by your website. You've lots of very valuable and interesting information. But before we get to that, perhaps you could tell our listeners about yourself.
1: Yes, I am, as you mentioned, a psychologist in Australia, and I have also done a lot of training around coaching, so I do psychology as well as coaching, and the area that I really love to specialise in is coaching of people who have gone through a breakup or divorce. That's what the website is all about that you're referring to. I went through my own divorce back in 2010. I was in a, a very toxic relationship. For 17 years, I got married very young. You know, I understand it from that perspective of lived experience. And it was because of that relationship that I actually became a psychologist and uh, continued working on myself through coaching and loved the combination of the psych coaching scenario. So that's why I do a little bit of both now.
0: I see. And could you tell us what your website is? Yes, it's my name www.leanncansler.com. All right. And your business is called Reconnect
1: Wellness? That's right, yes. That's my uh, psychology side of business and the website is my coaching. So there's a little bit of a separation, but I do integrate them together as well, of course. It's a bit hard to um, really separate it when you have so much knowledge that you want to help people with. Right. Good. Well, certainly
0: people need help going through breakups, coaching them through the breakup and then helping them recover afterward. So there's a lot of really valuable information on your websites. So I was particularly interested in a couple of things. And so we'll talk about them separately. One is narcissism, what it is, how to identify it, what to maybe even how to handle it. Another thing, you even have a test A narcissism test on your website, which would be very interesting for listeners, experiencing someone with narcissistic behaviors to take. And then you have something called manpower and woman power. And I want to talk to you about the differences between those two training sessions, essentially. Sounds great. Where would you like to
1: start? All right. Well, let's start with narcissism. It's a really interesting topic because I have noticed these days a lot of bloggers talking about narcissism, a lot of people who don't really Understand the depths of it. Just talking about it as if it's—it's it's almost like every second ex has narcissism, and it's just not true. I hear it too. Yes, I'm sure you do. My ex is a narcissist, and that's why things are so bad. And I'm never going to recover, and all of that. And what that can lead to is people feeling very much the victim of their relationship and being very stuck with it because they pass all the blame onto their ex partner. The reality is not that many people are actually narcissists. We all have traits of narcissism. If we filled out the form, it's 110 questions. I will definitely have yes to a few points there, right? It's when people fill out that form and they have lots of points, like 80 or more, that they're definitely something worth looking at and, and worth talking to a professional about it, not a blogger who thinks they know everything because sometimes they don't. And we have to be really careful about what we look at and what we read on the internet because people make up their own minds just based on random information that they find and it's not always correct. And it can be actually dangerous to your healing process. So a true narcissist is quite different to someone who has been through a lot of trauma and likes to or needs to be in control to feel safe or flips out because again, of their own trauma, their own upset, their own grief. And it's really important to be able to sit down with someone and define what's real. Is it narcissism or is it a trauma-based response or is it some other condition that this person might have? And when you know the difference between that, it will make a big difference to your recovery and the way you perceive your ex-partner. Got it. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the irony of something you said earlier is that they tend to be very blaming of others and act like the victim. But I suppose someone who's been living with the narcissist wants to blame the narcissist for the breakdown of the marriage. And so that trait may be common to both of them.
1: Yeah, definitely. I was actually referring to the the person blaming their narcissist. Inverted commas partner. Yes. Yeah. Blame is a big thing. Yeah, you know, we all do it. We're all human. No one wants to take responsibility at first for their own participation in the downfall of the relationship. But once we do that, that's what really sets us free. I'd like to give you a very brief example of that, my own personal example. I don't like to talk about too many client examples. I like to use my own when possible. You know, when I was married, a lot of people thought my ex-partner could be classified as narcissist, and, and I didn't like that term, so I never really used it, but I was very controlled in that relationship, and it was only a couple of years after, when I started my own coaching and therapy journey, that I realized I had allowed that because I didn't like conflict, and I wanted to keep the peace, and I thought that if I quietened myself down, that things would be better. Hmm. The reality is, it just gave him more power and took my own power away.
0: Right. Do you think your marriage would have ended
1: sooner had you spoken up more? Probably. And it actually needed to end sooner because we were toxic to each other. Yeah, I would lose my mind crying and, and being really upset because I couldn't cope with his controlling behavior. He didn't understand that. It was a few years later that he realized that his behavior was really bad. So if I had left earlier, he might have come to the conclusion that he needed to change sooner. So certainly possible. Do you think he's changed much now? Yes. Yes. Yep. I mean, he still needs a little bit of work, but um, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Do you? Not to me. He's good with me because I've set really super clear boundaries. And you know, we have adult children now, they're, they're young adults, so we don't need to interact too much. But we see each other every now and again, and, and it's fine. There's no problems at all. Yeah, oh, that's good. Both of you have moved
0: on, I guess, or at least you have, that, and that's good. Absolutely. So do you want to talk about how to identify a narcissist other than your 110-point questions? So your nine
1: characteristics might be a shorter conversation. Yes, for sure. And look, people are definitely welcome to go to the website and download those questions. It will give them a lot of insight and give them a lot of things to think about. But there are nine major characteristics of narcissism. One of them is an exaggerated or grandiose sense of self-importance. This is straight from my website. So um, you can get on there and have a look as well. And this kind of means that people uh, who are narcissists really think really believe that they are better than everybody else and they behave that way. And it's not just with you, it's with everybody. Unfortunately, that can mean with you that you become smaller and smaller in their eyes and it's very disempowering. And it could also mean that these people are fantastic in business because they have such a strong belief in themselves and other people really respect them as well because other people won't always see the nastiness of that narcissism. Because, you know, they want to look good in front of everybody as well. And usually it's the partner that gets the the worst of that behavior. I see. Yeah. They have super confidence, huh? Absolutely. They're they're magnificent. You know, they have this grandiose experience of who they are. It's it's really quite interesting. And that leads to the, the next point about them being preoccupied with fantasies of extraordinary success, power, or beauty, which is where the term narcissism comes from. And then they also think that they're quite special or unique, which, you know, everyone is special or unique in their own kind of way, but this is really something else. You know, they think that they're so accomplished and that they are so amazing and they really don't care about you and your needs because it becomes all about them, which is that delusional kind of sense of entitlement, that need for admiration the tendency to exploit others without guilt and remorse, and this is when the true narcissism comes out in divorce. I'm sure you've seen that. I certainly have. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no sense of compassion. No, not, they just want it all for themselves. They, they think that they're entitled to pretty much most of the property and everything else that you guys have built together. They think that they should have it all. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the next point about, you know, that absence of empathy because they just don't understand that. They're just so stuck in their own sense of who they are that they don't really get empathy for other people. Yeah. They also feel envious of what other people have because they think that they should be having it, which is really interesting. And they're quite arrogant. That must drive them crazy, the envy. Yeah, yes, definitely. And it can really lead to a lot of fights between the partners because you know this sense of envy is it's not realistic you know it's a nasty kind of envy like oh why should they have it and i don't have it and this sort of thing and it can be very uncomfortable to have these conversations with other people who are have no sense of gratitude or understanding or desire for other people to succeed unless it's them
0: right So these are interesting, very interesting telling points, but I suppose we're originally going to talk about breakups and I would like to finish that conversation. There's so much more to say. But also how do you identify a narcissist if you're about to get into a relationship, how to avoid them in
1: the future? Yes. The problem with narcissists is they have this beautiful way of selling themselves. So they will give you the world in the beginning. And I actually see that as a massive red flag. I've had people who say to me, oh, I've met this person and they are the most wonderful person in the world and they're giving me this and they're promising me that and they want to get married and they're saying they love me in the first kind of week. And I think, oh, just be careful. They might be genuine. I haven't met them, so I'm not going to judge, but you need to be careful. And I ask them, what's your feeling? Do you feel any red flags? and often they do i think mm, yeah it does feel a bit over the top okay yeah trust that trust that big time often people who date narcissists ignore the red flags because the good thing is so good it's it's really what we want we want to want someone to treat us like a king or queen and and just be our everything But what tends to happen is after you really get to know that person, they rip you down and throw you in a gutter because then it becomes all about them. So really trusting those red flags, no matter how tiny they are, is so, so important and talking about it with your friends or a professional. Yeah. You know, it's
0: interesting getting feedback from friends and family is professionals different because they're more objective and they don't worry about hurting someone's feelings (laughs) as much. But, you know, friends and family are not often inclined to be that honest, you know, because they're afraid that if they say what they really are feeling, that they may lose their friend or they may lose the respect of the family member or what if that person chooses to go ahead and marry anyway? And then that relationship's kind of tainted, right? Yes,
1: that's so true. I think it's important to be very mindful of who you speak to. And if you're worried that it could ruin a relationship, kind of preface it with, okay, I'm going to ask you a serious question. I want you to be 100% honest, be gentle with me, and I'm going to listen. I may not take it on board, but I will listen to you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of My daughter, when she was, I don't know, let's say like eighth grade or something, she had a whole bunch of friends and I like some friends better than others. And I would tell her that I like these friends, but I really don't like those friends. And of course, she'd be mad at me because they were her friends. Yeah. But as it turns out, you know, over time she made her own decisions or they fell off for one reason or another. I'll never know why or how that happened. But it was interesting. The, The ones that were left were the ones that I liked. Yes. Yeah.
1: But my mum tried to warn me against my marriage. I was only 17 when I met my ex. It ended up in a big rift between us and I didn't want to listen but I think the way she tried to warn me was not helpful. How was it? How did she try? (laughs) Well, it's pretty personal but I don't mind sharing. She basically said all he wants you for is sex. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. Mortified because... It really made me feel like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough for anything else other than that, so I just shut that down instantly. Yeah. It was really painful. I bet
0: it was. It must have felt very critical, mm. suggesting he couldn't possibly want you for
1: anything else. Yes, that's what. I, that's exactly what it felt like. And I'm sure she didn't mean it that way, but that's exactly how it sounded and that's how I took it.
0: Well, I hope that's been repaired by now.
1: Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs>
0: Okay, good. All right. Well, back to, let's see, talk about manpower and women power. your training sessions.
1: Yes. So I started off by just working with men, actually, because I saw there was a massive gap in men could get support in this space. There was lots of divorce coaches for women, but really hardly any for men. And research has shown that 30% of men will only speak to a female therapist. Mm. So, you know, a lot of guys have said to me, oh, how how can you help? you're a woman. Well, that's why. And then 30% will only speak to a man, they obviously won't come to work with me and the other 40% don't care. So it's important to have female therapists out there in this space to help men. And a lot of men get to that point where they feel suicidal, they've lost everything, they don't know how to deal with it, they don't have friends who they can talk to really deeply about this. So that's how I started. And then I realised that I really love working with women. So um, I kind of duplicated the program but changed it up a little bit so it's more feminine-based for the women. So it's very similar because men and women are actually quite similar, believe it or not, in terms of their emotions. But sometimes the language is different and each of the programs has a section for parents as well. So there's a a section for for dads and a section for mums. And it can be read also, obviously, by anybody. It doesn't matter what their gender is. Yeah. And I mention that as well. But I use he and she in the, in the language because it's a little bit easier in terms of getting confused between partners. If you use they all the time, it could be, oh, you're talking about me or you're talking about my ex. I don't know what's going on. But the program starts off with helping people to understand their own emotions, working on their anger, their resentment, their guilt, their shame. It goes through giving them actual strategies to deal with their stress. There's a whole module on setting goals and getting really specific about things that they need to separate, you know, all the tiny things from your Netflix account to your bank accounts to your will to your name and and all that sort of stuff. Right. I'm very specific about saying I'm not a solicitor or a lawyer. I'm not a financial advisor, so please get help with that as well. And I work with a few legal people in that regard and and they refer clients every now and again because they don't want to be a very exclusive (laughs) counsellor. That's right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I often say to clients, look, you know, your legal person is not your counsellor. That's not their job. Try to stay in our lane. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then the last module is about dating again for men and for women and and it's different here because we talk about online dating and how to meet people and really loving yourself, being ready to date. And a lot of people aren't ready so they they often skip that module, hold it, put it on hold for a few months until they're ready and that's awesome. What would you say are the most significant
0: differences in your training for men and for women, the manpower and the power training sessions?
1: Good question. I guess... Probably the most significant is really looking at the parenting aspects. You know, that's a big deal. And obviously not everyone has children, but I have had a guy who's not a dad read all of the dad stuff saying, this is really awesome. I'm so glad you included this because I want to be a dad one day and I might date a woman with children. So this has been extremely valuable. And that was really lovely to hear. Right. Also really focusing on, I guess, the masculine and feminine because there are, there are those differences, of course, and giving men permission to be themselves. Women are, are, take that on board a little easier. You know, they're more able to express and I go quite gentle with the guys because I don't want them to feel I'm judging them or anything like that and giving them that space to just be themselves is really important. Mm, Got it. So maybe
0: the pace is different or the expectation.
1: Yeah, yeah. But a lot of it, as I mentioned, is the same because when it comes to working on our anger, we all feel it. The way we express it is different, so that's quite different. And and really I also have in the, the men's section a men's depression scale rather than just a general depression scale because men show depression in different ways often through anger, yelling, screaming, that sort of thing, could also be through addiction to cover it up, whereas women can go quite quiet and it's more obvious when a woman is depressed. Yeah. It's more what we know of depression. I see. That's one of the major differences, actually.
0: Boy, it's hard to figure people out, huh?
1: (laughs) It is, it is. And it's hard for people to figure themselves out. Yeah. And that's why I think this is so valuable because by the end of it, People know themselves so much more, which is yeah amazing. But then you have to figure out what to do with that information.
0: All right. So you know, for example, that you have a temper. So you have to know have to have skills and tools to deal with it so that yes. you don't explode or explode yeah. less than you used to. You know, and if you're prone to depression, you have to figure out when you're depressed, why you're depressed and what to do about it when you are.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I do talk a little bit about that in the program. Obviously, I can't talk about everything. Uh, it would be amazing. So that's why I also am available for one-to-one sessions where we can really dig deep and go into childhood trauma and how, you know, when your parents left, that led to you feelings of abandonment and that's why you're really struggling now and all sorts of things like that and really digging deep to help people understand who they are and, as you mentioned, then know what to do about it and how to prevent themselves from ending up in a bad relationship again. Again, right. And again. Or just a different bad relationship.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Yep, yep. Hard to sit by and watch that sometimes.
1: Oh, absolutely it is. A lot of people become so aware of, oh, my God, I literally have married my father or my mother, or a combination of both, and it's very commonly known, you know, that phrase of we marry our our parent, one or the other, and it's usually the parent that we couldn't save or couldn't rescue or caused us so much hurt. We're trying to unconsciously heal that in our marriage or our relationship. It's never going to work. No, it's the wrong person. Absolutely. And (laughs) um, until we heal that within ourselves, then that's why we keep on attracting the same sort of person.
0: Mm, Got it. Very interesting. It's an enormous field. It is. But to, you know, breakups, it's an enormous field alone because it exposes people at their vulnerable time.
1: Oh, yeah. And it brings out the worst too, doesn't it? You would see that for sure. People, you know, they really sometimes make it worse for themselves because they want to get everything. I'm entitled to more than this and blah, 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 blah. And what that then does is, brings them less because they spend so much time and money on legal fees that they expend all their energy and they become a former, you know, kind of shell of themselves, really. They become someone they don't like. Yeah. And other people don't like them either.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and then it really just creates a lot of bitterness. Mm -hmm. Hard to shake that. Yeah.
1: It can take years, can't it, to really let that go.
0: Oh, they want to talk about their bitterness for a long time.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. You are not the person to be talking to that about.
0: You're the legal person. <laughs> uh, that's right. You just see it. Yeah. It's hard for them to shake it. Yeah. Well, Leanne, definitely. it's been a pleasure talking to you about all of these topics. There's so much more to say. I encourage people to contact you even though you're in Australia. So you Zoom and uh, telephone and Absolutely. emails are always available, and I think it's worth it for a person to consider using you, even if they're not in Australia.
1: For sure. I've had quite a few people in different countries around the world. You know, the, the internet brings us close together. Yeah, good. All right. Well, you want to give some contact information again? How do people can find you? Yeah, that will be great. So obviously you can go to the website, www.leannekanzler.com. My email is simply leannekanzler.com. I'm on Instagram as at The Transformational Breaker. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm pretty easy to um, get in contact with.
0: Well, I'm going to spell your name though. Leanne, L-E-A-N-N-E, Kanzler, K-A-N-Z-L-E-R. Thank you, Leanne. Beautiful. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Sassoon Simrod has attorneys who meet your dynamic needs handling legal matters, including tax issues, real estate transactions, business law, and of course, divorce and post divorce matters. I can be reached to the same number, 617 969 0069, but my email address has changed. It's now grossman at com. Sassoon Simrod is spelled S A S S O O N C Y M R O T. Thanks for listening.